Enter the mystical world of Francesco Savi as he transports you to a place of art, passion, creativity, and magic. This episode will inspire you to remain curious and to pursue an adventure. Join us as we talk about the important step any beginner should not miss, why art should be an adventure, the importance of values in painting, demystifying the statement quote-unquote, I can't draw, the trait you need to possess to remain consistent in making art, and why trying out multiple mediums could be a good thing. If you want to be part of the conversation, then send in your questions and topics you want us to cover to hello at etrolab.com. Hey, this is Jesse from Etcher. We believe in your power to create, so we invited artists from all around the globe to inspire you to keep on creating. Join us in this journey and let's celebrate creativity. This is Make More Art, the podcast. So I um, I was born in Milan, Italy. Um, I was really drawn to um, art and, and drawing since I was a little kid. Um, obsessed, actually. That's what I would do uh, every day. Uh, I remember when I was like about five, six years old, I was obsessed with um, African animals. Really? And I would uh-huh. obsessively draw them and, and I would cut them and make little, you know, sculptures. And it was a whole world that I created. And then as I grew older, I started getting into other, you know, form of arts, like comic books and, you know. Um, and then, uh, you know, when I was about to, I, I remember being always fascinated by fairy tales and storytelling and, you know, being really into all of that. And I remember maybe probably when I was 12, 13 years old, I started reading books about um, folk tales, you know, Norwegian, Scandinavian, mm-hmm. Irish. And that's where I, I don't know where it came from, this this fascination. Uh, it just happened. I was into Celtic uh, culture, Celtic music. Mm-hmm. I started to learn uh, playing the harp when I was about uh Wow. 15, 17, the Celtic harp. So it was, it was the fascination with the whole culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I discovered the work of Alan Lee and Brian Froud. They are two artists that I, that I admired when I was a kid. I still do. Um, one of them is actually the, co- you know, was the concept artist for the whole Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit movies. But he's been uh, illustrating Tolkien for for forty five years. Uh, most a lot of the books that came out, you know, um, he probably you you know his work because it is illustrated. Mm-hmm. I think the Hobbit, yeah. the the Ring. There's a new book that just came out now. So I don't know. I, I was just you know it just happened. I'm not sure why. Um, after middle school, I really convinced my parents to send me to art school. So that was high school uh, for that was five years of training in art. And then after art school, I went to the Academy of Fine Arts um, and I studied set design. Mm -hmm. I was uh, I was too scared to at the time I was I really wanted to do painting. It was a whole different um, department. And then I started thinking, oh, my God, what, what am I going to do? What kind of job will I have? <laughs> yes, that question, the million-dollar yeah, question, right? Totally, always. And mm-hmm. I, I wanted to be more practical. That's why I went to 
I, I studied set design and I never became a set designer anyway. Wow. You know, I, you know, at the end of the day, I ended up doing something completely different, but some, sometimes I do ask myself what would have happened if I, you know, sign up for painting rather than set design. Uh, mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, it's, it's, I'm still doing my things. So, right. you know, and I started working where I, um, um, Going to, or I was going to school. I started working when I was the, at the Academy of Fine Arts. I also signed up um, for for another school, um, which we had in Milan, which was a pretty cool school. It was only two years. Uh-huh. Uh, um, it was a school for children illustration, um, uh-huh. and I could attend both because the academy was kind of uh, you know you could set up your own schedule and. Uh, it was easy to handle as long as you know you 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 did your work. So I did that. I did I did the children school of illustration, um, uh, and then I started working. Um, so, so yeah, it's been there's been a lot. There was a lot going on in, in the beginning. I, I started working as a decorator. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, because I couldn't really find work as an illustrator. Um, and decoration in Milan at that point was really popular. So, you know, you would just go and decorate, uh, people's houses with like huge painting and, you know, we would do like fake, um, wallpapers. It was all painted. Uh Yeah. Yeah. I did that. I, and then at some point I was hired by a big decorating company in Milan, but they were doing more, um, classical stuff at museums and, uh, And then I did a little bit of restoration work too. So it it, it was a little bit of everything. But yeah. you know, I think every single thing really contributed to make me who I am today. Like the restoration work was really, um, you know, long hours sitting in a 15th century church, you know, you know, restorating one square foot of like fresco yeah. for five days in a row sitting in the same spot and it was it would be January and it would be super cold and and mm-hmm. so that taught me like patience <laughs> a lot a lot of patience a lot of patience oh, wow. but no I don't know I mean I was when I did that I work with uh, pigments and paints all the time so I can I don't do it anymore but I used to make my own paint uh, because I know I, I, you know, I learned when I was doing uh, restoration how to do that. Yeah. So you know, all these things uh, matter because you just know you have more information about things and how things happen and how you know you can uh, work with different tools and so yeah, that's my story, my story, my pre-job story. Thank you, Francesco. And by the way, I love your Christmas tree. Is that a real Christmas tree? Sorry, I just have to ask. Yeah, we just got it. Is, it. it is. Real. I've always go. wanted like a, like a real Christmas tree, but I live in Asia, so we, you know, it's it's kind of it's it's hard to find one, and <laughs> and have it inside your house. I can't but yeah. yeah, but thank you for taking us through. And, and when I was looking at your works, right, I I told myself that I I need to hear the story as to how did you end up with you know drawing all of these creatures and being fascinated with. Tolkien, like the works of Tolkien, like the Fellowship of the Rings and all of the illustrations. When I look at your Instagram, right, they are all like hobbits, dwarves, elves, and this magical creatures, witches. 
and like the scenes from from the book and it's so intricate and you, you talked about that initially your subjects were like African animals and then it went to comics and then was it you you did you read the book oh yeah I read the book when I uh, probably I was 17 it's a, uh -huh. it's a huge book I remember my uh -huh. The, the, the edition that I read was just one book. Mm -hmm. Now you can buy it in three different books. Back then, you would still have a whole, just one big book. It was kind of intimidating also because, um, and the cover was not particularly, um, it was a very simple illustration. So I'm not sure what really drawn me to, to the book. Huge book, it, quite intimidating. I don't know. I just picked up uh, the whole the, the whole tome, um, but by then I was already into you know Celtic uh, folklore and and reading a lot about that. So in a way, I connected the two. I think the common thread between you know my passion for African animals and comic books and then the Lord of the Rings, it's like adventure. I'm I, yeah. I'm. I'm I'm quite an adventure adventurous type. I like to I like the mysterious. I like to explore. <clears throat> so you know, every every year we take a trip somewhere. Um, I don't like to go to places that are too um, busy with people. We just love to explore. We went to Africa a few times. Oh, wow. uh, we just. You know, rented a car and drove around uh, the countries that we visited. We went to Rwanda. Um, we went to see the mountain gorillas. I mean, all these things are part of a journey. You know, it's like this, uh, you know, having adventures nowadays, it's actually very, very difficult because everywhere you go, you know, we just, as human, we just got everywhere. Civility is pretty much everywhere um, in various degrees we really reached every part of the world at this point so one one more way to have an adventure is actually to work on illustrations and create your own world and you know you you have to think about what you're doing and and it feels like an adventure every time i start a new uh illustration so i would say that the common thread is like this idea of like loving adventures adventure. I like when you said that yeah, it's yeah. that it's an adventure and it's like you you are creating this entirely new world although there are references from the book that you've read right and characters from the book but it, it I mean even as a kid you build this like these characters in your own world and it's it, it amazes me of course that it's through illustration because some people would say that if you want to take a journey and let's say quote unquote travel the world you read but you, it's like you you read the book and then you created this these characters and created an entirely new world, a fantastical world. Let's talk about your your style, Francesco, because it's so intricate, it's so detailed. When you were starting out, right? Because you like what you said, you as a kid, you've always been interested in art. But was that just the style that you started with, like very detailed realism? Well, I I think that. <clears throat> I think somehow the style uh, I developed um, based on my fascination for Celtic culture, uh -huh. um, because the, the 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 art Celtic art is really really intricate. Um, I if you go and I went to Dublin and I went to to see the Book of Kells, which mm -hmm. is this amazing book 
book that was written in the um, 900, uh, 950, something like that. I can't remember the, the, the date, but it's all hand, hand painted and illustrated by the monks. So it's written and hand painted. So I was always fascinated with that. And I think despite the fact that my style, of course, it's very different from that, but I was always drawn by that um, attention to details and, and um, I'm still very, very fascinated with miniature painting. It's mm -hmm. not for me also because I'm actually losing my sight. I'm not, I'm not losing my sight, but I, as I'm getting older, my, my, I need help with my eyes. Mm -hmm. So miniature painting is, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it does take a little bit more effort to create. Yeah. So I've always been fascinated by, uh, the Celtic um, Celtic art and the, the concept of miniature painting. So I guess my fascination with with that drew me to um, painting uh, detailed illustrations, which is something that I just love spending time, you know, working on small details. And, and sometimes I think it's it can be cumbersome, I feel like. Um, I, I, I catch myself thinking too much about certain details and I, you know, if you're not careful, I feel like you lose focus on the whole picture. You know, you can, if you get too worried about details, sometimes it can be a problem. <clears throat> so that's something I'm working on actually, because I feel like I need to, <laughs> but yeah, that's, I think that's, um, that's where it comes from. My fascination with all this, you know, world of, I, like for instance, I love um, frames around paintings. That's something that I'm actually uh, very fascinated with. I'm, I'm I'm working on a few projects right now where I'm oh. just approaching uh, the idea of a painting in a different way. It's not just the painting, but it's also what goes around it. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it's you know it's a journey. It's it's always about exploring and and finding something new and. Uh, trying new things, um, it's very exciting. You know, you've tried different things. You, so the drawings, right? So it it changes from from one subject to another. And then you, you mentioned about your style as well that has changed and evolved and was inspired as well by some of the artists that you mentioned earlier. I want to touch on as well with the medium that you use in all of the the art pieces or artworks that you have created i saw that in 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 your in on your instagram right i saw that you use pencils you use gouache and watercolor even right yep. can you take us through how you manage to dabble in all of those different mediums because normally what i would hear from other artists right not to compare but normally they would say to focus on just one medium first and then you know, try something else later on once you have mastered this you know, specific medium. But I guess what from what I'm getting as well from you, Francesca, is that, you know, that sense of curiosity and adventure. It's and exp exposing yourself into different opportunities where you will grow more as an artist. So I, when I started painting, I was naturally drawn to watercolors. Mm -hmm. So that was my... That's how I, I remember trying oil when I 
first started as a kid in high school and then in um, the Academy of Fine Arts, but I don't know, it didn't really click with me. Uh And so I naturally moved to watercolor and I was really, really, um, it was really easy for me to pick it up. Um, And I think when you're, when you learn how to work with watercolors, it's really easy to switch to gouache because it's basically, you know, it's a water medium paint. so that's that's what they have in common. But to, to be truth, to be honest, gouache can almost become like watercolor if you only dilute it with a lot of water, which is what I do because, of course, you know, having learned how to use watercolors, my first uh, approach to gouache was, well, let's use it like the same way I use watercolors. So I don't use it like most people do. And I do think that, you know, there are, you know, classical ways of using paint Mm -hmm. but I think honestly anyone should be able and should be um, free to try and you know find their own ways to to work with specific tools and paint and so you know I use gouache very very diluted like I I would use watercolor and and sometimes I use them both together in a painting it doesn't happen often I like to uh-huh. keep them separate but every once in a while especially when I work on a watercolor painting I might use some gouache mm-hmm. diluting it a lot if I'm looking for a specific color that I have in gouache you know I'll just use it and I'll just add a lot of water and I'll make it into a watercolor so yeah you know that's that's what I do and um but you know I'm fascinated with other mediums I'd like to learn to mm-hmm. use oil for mm-hmm. instance um, I'd like to use uh, to use acrylics, which I tried, and and um, it was really really hard for me. Actually, I, I I'm not really good with with acrylics, but it's a medium that's fascinating because each each medium has a um, specificity that others are lacking, of course. So um, it's 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 that's part of I think that's. If, if if an artist has the opportunity to try different mediums, I think that that's the best um, possible. I think it's difficult because people want to uh, specialize in one, one yeah. uh, in one medium, and and that's such a shame because I think every every time you use something new, you just learn something that um, you don't know about how to use colors, but also how to approach the whole concept. Of, you know art and and how you perceive art and how you um think about it because of course when you begin drawing um that will become a painting you you already start thinking about the solutions even when you're just working in pencils you're already thinking about the solutions and how to approach a certain part of the painting based off the medium that you're going to be using um so the, the 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 thing about knowing more mediums is that you could approach any painting for any medium. You know that's that's yeah. the good part, and each medium will will have uh, its its problems to so to solve. Um, so I, I'm actually learning to um, use uh, oils right now. Oh, I'm actually doing it. Okay, and I'm actually enjoying it because for a lot for the longest times I just couldn't. You know, it's it's funny because I was like, oh no no, it's not for me. But it's not true. It's like when when I when I hear people saying, oh I can't draw, like it's not something that I cannot do. 
I, I don't believe that. I think that anybody could learn to draw. I think, I think what's lacking is the passion for art, which not everybody has. But if you do have that passion and you're not particularly, you know, skilled in, in drawing, you can learn how to do it. You know, there's a, there's a way to get there. Um, it's just that you have to have the passion to invest the time to learn. And so some people say, oh, I can't, I can't draw. And I'm like, hmm, I think you can, you could, if you wanted to. Uh, it's all just about dedicating the time um, to learn how to do it. Um, so, and, it, and the same is, same thing happens with the techniques, you know, but, but I remember myself telling, saying, I can't learn oil. It's not for me, but it's not true. You know, it's just about dedicating the time to learn the technique and then you'll figure out a way to make it your own mm. uh and uh, you know um and it just offers something different that it's th than watercolors or gouache so it's i think it's good to try everything if you mm. can and uh, if not um only to figure out which one speaks to you mo the most you know because i think we all have um our special you know place for a, te a technique that becomes yours you know and express help you express better your your um you know individuality as an artist i picked up several things from from what you just said uh francesco first off um when, when you were talking about you started with oil and then what when you were a kid, right? It's what you started. And then you eventually veered away from it and went on and used watercolor. And then you discovered gouache. And it's so refreshing to hear you talk about you're using gouache similar, the same way that you use it for watercolor. Because normally people would gravitate to the gouache to have it like an in like to be in the middle between the the like acrylic and watercolors. It's like getting the best of both worlds, but at the same time having, you know, that um opacity of of acrylic. But you you are diluting it and uh, using it as as watercolors. It's so refreshing because you know a lot of people are using gouache nowadays, um, but more gearing towards it being somehow like acrylic or behaving like acrylic and uh yeah go ahead sorry no no yeah you're right i mean actually um i think that um it's the medium that um it's it's really in between watercolors and acrylics and oil you know mm. i'm i've attended the um the watts atelier for many years it's a school in san diego uh, in, it's an online school and and that's how that's when I learned to paint with gouache because I can't paint with gouache in the more conventional way and I uh -huh. learned it there okay. and the instructors there use uh, gouache to actually explain to introduce you to the concept of oil oh yeah no it's very it's really fascinating yeah so um but again what I did is that I basically learned that and then I still wanted to marry my, you know, um, my approach to my illustrations. And, and for that, I needed it to basically use it as watercolor. Mm. And that's when I, st and, and you know, it's basically the same 
concept as watercolor. The only difference is gouache has white, what gouache paint has white in it. Uh, so it, 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 the moment you start adding uh, water to it, it becomes like a watercolor. There's always going to be like the difference um, between the two because if you start layering gouache, layers after layers, then it becomes opaque. Exactly. Even when you use it with a lot of water. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, other than that, it, it basically works exactly just like watercolor if you use it that way. So... Mm -hmm. And it, it gives like a different feel to the finished illustration, I, I, I think, you know, because you get to the point where you work, even with diluted layer, you just have this more opaque finished illustration. Well, with watercolor, it's mostly transparent. Many watercolor uh, companies produce watercolor paint that is actually almost like wash. Ah, uh -huh. uh, like Winsor and Newton has, you know, watercolor painting, a, pa a, a paint that is not trans 100% transparent. Like mm -hmm. all the cadmiums, I think, are not mm -hmm. transparent. Mm -hmm. So th that's almost like veering towards gouache as a concept for a paint. Um, but it, I mean, the, the thing with watercolor is that you have transparent layers while with gouache yeah. you don't. Hmm. But I think that's what's fascinating to me, you know, it, it just gives gives the whole pain. And I know that some people are turned off by that, yeah. by the final result that you have with wash, the diluted wash, because you do have this chalky kind of final uh, painting. Um, but that's what I, I, actually, that's what I like, you know. Um, it's the opposite of transparent. It, it gets chalky uh, and... Um, uh, and that's what I really think it's it's uh, fascinating to me. That fascinates me hearing it from someone as he's an artist like yourself to talk about gouache and watercolor in 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 that through yeah. that lens. And uh, what what I love about interviews like this is that you know there are some there are things that you know people are so fi fixated on. This is how it's supposed to be used, like a certain medium, or this is. You know, they're confined with this mindset of this is how art should be, or this is how this medium should behave. But when you talk to artists, like what we're doing right now, you know, it opens you to another opportunity to view a medium from a different perspective and to view art from a different angle. And sometimes what other people might think that, no, like what you said, it's a little bit chalky, the finish for, for gouache. But for you, it's it's fascinating. For others, it could be, no, because watercolor shouldn't be chalky. It should be, you know, transparent. transparent yeah. yeah, so that's, this is really, you know, refreshing for, for me. And I'm sure our listeners also feel the same way. One other thing that I picked up from, from, from what you shared earlier is, you know, trying out different mediums. And people sometimes will give up on a specific medium and move on to the next not because they don't have the skill for it but maybe it's, it's the lack of passion um i specifically like what you said that people when people say when people talk about themselves not being able to draw or i cannot draw yes you can yes you can no to, totally yeah i just have to you can yeah you have to put i, I mean it's it's um i think drawing Ultimately, what's what what it comes down to is about observation. observation. You're observing things, objects, and people, and you know, environments, 
and uh, and you learn how to um, recognize shapes in what you're observing. And then when you start drawing, you basically put down shapes. That's all you need to do. And, and then little by little, you on top of the shapes, you add the details. Um, so th there are very methodical ways to learn how to draw. You just have to have the passion and invest the time. Because I think what, what the difference between someone that is naturally um, good at drawing, especially you know, since they're kids, is the fact that certain people I think have, you know, it might be true that some, some people are born with like the capacity of observing and retaining information quicker, quick, quicker than other people. And what happens is that those people are just, for those people, it's easier to put them down on a piece of paper. Um, and for other people it might be harder, but it's just about training and, and about, you know, um, following methodicals, um, uh, ways of learning. And, and so you don't, you, you can learn to draw. And I think it's actually something that should be reminding to a lot of people, because what I noticed in people trying to do art is that some people skip that whole part, which is the basic. Mm. They just, you know, a lot of people just want to jump into using paint immediately and use working with color. And so, and they might be, they might become good at learning the techniques, but if you don't have the basics, which is learning to observe and then translating that into signs on and lines on a piece of paper, that's like the basic and fundamental that everyone should learn. So you can become really good at working with watercolors, but if you're lacking that big piece of information that is how do I actually start a drawing? Then the watercolor will never work, even when you know how to actually, you know, put down the paint on the paper. Uh, it just won't work for someone that is viewing your art. It's just not, there's gonna be something off, which is basically the drawing. Um, so I always say, you know, just go back to the basic and dedicate time to learn how to observe find shapes in everything you're observing and then put them the begin with putting down the shapes into a piece of paper and then start adding the details and every good art school will teach you that you know it's just the way i think it's the fastest way to understand um how to to draw 100% agree and i am I'm, I'm glad that you pointed that out because i was about to ask what other tips that you can share with someone who is beginning or is a beginner and trying out art for the first time or trying drawing for the first time? When you said that some people would just go and go straight to using the medium, like painting, mm -hmm. straight, without yeah. And, yeah, going through the basic steps, especially the shapes. I like when you said observe and you look at the subject and then apply shapes on, on what you see and then put it on paper. I think that's, it's a it's a basic step that a lot of people missed out on because like like when I was starting out I want to be able to create a rose immediately so I want this I want it to look like a rose instead of a cabbage but for for what I missed out is how do I create the shape first in order to arrive before applying the watercolor so really good point um 
Francesco. And yeah. I know, yeah, when you when you taught with us, uh, the class loved your class. I mean, the, the students who, who attended the class, they loved it. It was even sold out, right? And I know that more than them wanting to learn the, the intricate, intricacies of what you create all these creatures and characters it's really the steps the the techniques and how do you arrive into that because it from from someone who's a beginner it can look very complicated but the way that you broke them down into how do you arrive to this and hearing you talk about shapes as your starting point is really i guess the way to go especially if you want to try out art i well, love i think the, that the, any, the, anyone that what's the, that not, i love how the rays of the sun is yeah, pick it your window. I love it. So I think that if, for someone that is beginning, you know, with art, I think if you if they have the, some money, it's not it's not a lot of money, but I think it's always good to have to make a little investment in art books. Uh -huh. um, and if if someone is at the stage where they want to learn how to draw and how to develop like the skill of you know. Um, recognizing shapes i would suggest buying andrew Lumi's books um i think that they have um i think he, he did maybe i think i have four of them two of them are uh really really important uh, the other two that i have are one is a generic book about illustration and the other one is about um um drawing characters so it's it, those two are good books but there are two fundamental books um by andrew loomis that are i think really really important because they actually explain the process of how you get from a sphere to actually a whole head with mm -hmm. details you know nose and mm -hmm. eyes and the mouth mm -hmm. and adding the details so those are good books to to actually invest money into um and he's a he was an illustrator, I think, in the 1940s. So you're you're looking at stuff of you know art teaching notions that are veering towards a classical approach, mm -hmm. um, but they're very very useful. Mm -hmm. um, so I would do that. Anybody that it, you know, I think the best practice for every artist is to just have a sketchbook always with you and try to save the time each day to dedicate to your sketchbook, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, most of, most of the times life gets in the way. I, I know it's hard for me too, but to dedicate the time every day to just try something new, um, use your sketchbook for different things. I, I, I do, um, I actually do have several sketchbooks, which might not be the best practice to, uh, in terms of sketchbooking, but I have one just for anatomy studies. Oh, wow! Anatomy. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, and I just dedicate that to anatomy. Like I, you know, I draw everything that is both human or animal body parts. You know, hands and mm -hmm. legs and torsos, muscles. Sometimes I take notes. Um, at, at some point, I wanted to actually learn all the the name of all the muscles and oh my um, gosh wow no I, I want i wanted to get to that level of profi pro proficiency but but i gave up on that because it's just too complicated mm -hmm. i think i think it's important to understand um how muscles work um and uh i think it's important to understand the um 
relations between muscles uh, and what they do. Because once you understand that, it's much easier to put them if you're, you know, if your aspirations are, you know, drawing human bodies and, yeah. you know, painting and it's important to learn anatomy, for instance. And so that's, that's really, really important. And just to understand how muscles work and what they actually do. And then it becomes natural when you're drawing to think about the, 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 the complex, the, the complex part is that muscles are moving constantly and doing different things. And so every time you move, a muscle changes shape and, and, um, you get you you get there it can it can be overwhelming but i think that again if you dedicate the time um you you get there and and when you want to if you want to do landscape it's important to learn perspective mm. perspective is not a complicated uh set of rules and notions that one has to learn otherwise if you don't there's always going to be something off in your paintings you can again you can learn um, to be a very good watercolor artist, but if you have, if you're lacking the basic notions of all of these things, perspective, um, anatomy, though, these are the basic to learn before actually taking time to learn a technique, mm. um, and you know to learn color. After once you have a grasp of perspective and anatomy and the concept of you know beginning a drawing. The next thing you would want to learn, I guess, is, you know, understanding values mm. um, that because that's going to be the next most important thing before you actually start working with color. It, values is the next step from learning the basic of drawing. But again, some people jump from that, from yeah. the basic of drawing to colors. And I get it, you know, it the excitement does. of using... Yeah, yeah, it's the excitement of using paint and just working with colors and actually getting to the finished piece. Mm. You know, that's the most exciting part. Um, but you can't skip those important steps because if you don't understand values, you're going to have a very hard time um, finishing a good piece of art or illustration, you know. Mm. It doesn't matter the technique, you know. It's just the relations between colors and and highlights and shadows and um all of that it's really important so you start understanding values you, you start using using values in black and white and grays mm. that's how you begin actually you know this in school what we, we we were taught um was really to slowly transition from pencil drawing mm -hmm. and shading mm -hmm. and then um, the next step will be to use uh, any technique. Uh, we, we were all asked whatever you prefer, you know, watercolor, you know, uh, oil, acrylics. People pick different techniques. But we were always told for a good six months, we would work with black and white. Oh. And all the grays that you come up with in between, mixing the black and the white. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I remember my teacher wouldn't allow us to use any color for the longest time. So you, you basically finish your every painting in, you know, the scale of gray, uh, in the scale of grays. Is it, yeah. But I think that's, and that's really important step because color can be A, very intimidating and confused and, and B, very confusing. But once you learn the importance of values and understanding. It's the same thing, observing your subject, understanding which values apply to 
to your subject. And, you know, there are thousands of values if you really want to be anal about color and, and values, you know. Um, <clears throat> I think I, I use a value scale, which is something that can be bought online. It's a little chart with, mm. I think it has maybe 10 or 20 different values. It goes from black to white. But the truth is that there are thousands of values in, in any given subject that you're painting because, you know, it's like the way the light hit the subject, uh, hits the subject that changes every little value and uh, the surface of the, the su subject also, um, it's important in terms of values. So when you understand that and you are done with your black and white work, it's gonna be so much easier for you to understand the color and how to develop your own way to, um, to, uh, to, you know, to, to, to begin your journey with color. Um, so it, I think it's really important to always remind yourself step by step, but yeah. don't miss any step because it's just going to be frustrating in the long term. Mm -hmm. Because what, what the worst can happen to you is to dedicate time to something and then feeling like as if you're constantly unfulfilled mm. because you know something's off um but I see that a lot with people beginning with art you know it's it's uh, just remind yourself that it's a step-by-step -step process and you can't skip any step because in in the long term it's going to be a handicap yeah you know Thank you, Francesco. Those are a lot of golden nuggets, especially the step-by-step. -step. Um, I like when you touch on the the values. I and kudos to your teacher for, for not allowing you to use any other color because uh, I remember when you said earlier um, about how everything um, came full circle with, with what you're doing right now. Everything that you've experienced, all the mediums that you've tried, all these learnings that you have gain from knowledge about art over the years are all contributing to the the skills that you have right now and into your work and it's very evident um patience you said and consistency i love that especially with values you're absolutely right i personally experienced that i i want to jump into using colors i was so impatient to just stick with values and just try to light to to dark dark to light but I went ahead and you know and it was frustrating I mean I ended up with a puddle of like muddy color because I was trying to mix things different oh I know yeah, yeah so it, it it is frustrating so hearing you break it down step by step it I felt as I was listening to you um go on about values and the basics and techniques it's like a crash course in itself and I'm sure our listeners gained a lot from from what you shared so any additional um help maybe or tips that you can share with them especially for someone maybe you know i want to start with watercolor but is it the right medium for me or should i try something else maybe gouache i think the best way to figure out what is the best um medium for you is just to try them all on a sketchbook Mm, okay. Because a sketchbook is something that it's supposed to be, um, you know, you want to dedicate time to it, but it should also be like a quick approach to what you're thinking in terms of your art. So 
it's it's it is a commitment in terms of the time you should dedicate to it, but it's not a commitment in terms of what ends up in your sketchbook. You know, it, it's not supposed to be anything finished, honestly. I mean, it can be, can yeah. be whatever you want, but but the thing about it is that you can approach it in a way that it's it's somehow a commitment, which will allow you to make mistakes. Because the, I think the worst part in art is making mistakes and then just feeling frustrated and giving giving up on certain things because you're like oh i can't i can't learn this but again it's it's a it's a matter of time and dedicating time to something um and you can learn each technique uh, it's just a matter of uh following instructions because honestly very few people can just learn to do things on their own um without following certain instructions even just getting a basic a good basic book on anything it's important there are so many resources online so if you want to learn about something you can you just have to follow uh, advice of people that have uh, learned before you mm -hmm. um so try it because you're going to be drawn naturally to one of the techniques you know maybe because it reflects your state of mind uh, at, at the time when you're trying it you know um it's so it's so difficult to yeah I'm, yeah I'm still like a watercolor person I think and I'm even though I'm using a lot of gouache but I, you know at the end of the day I tweaked the way I use gouache to make it more like watercolor so at the, at the end of the day I'm a watercolor person you know um but you know, I have I'm very fascinated um, by oil, so I'm trying to learn that because it will give me a completely different um, set of uh, skills to do certain things that I cannot really do with watercolor. Of course, it's two completely different mediums. Um, but I realize that there are certain things that I cannot achieve with watercolors that I could achieve with oil. So I would want to to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And then once you know that, could still decide to put oil on the side and continue with, with what with my watercolors. But the the fact that I know how to use something, it's I think it's enriching, um, and it helps me with my other, um, you know, my other skills. Well, so it's all about the time that you can dedicate yeah. to anything, basically. If you if you want to learn something, you really need to put in the time. Yeah. time absolutely yeah. yeah one good thing that i would suggest to people i think maybe not when you're a beginner mm. uh because you know when you're beginning you're really trying you're still trying to figure out the, the basic notions of perspective and you know shapes and you know observing but when one thing that really helps when you know after your beginning stage is to do mass uh, you know to do master studies I think. Oh, okay. Master studies. So, you know, just, you know, get a sketchbook and dedicate it to, you know, just pick your favorite artist and start copying the, the work. Mm. Um, that helps with uh, a lot of different things. Like, again, it helps with the anatomy because you're observing how your preferred artist, your favorite artist's approach anatomy. It helps with uh, folds and clothing, for instance, because th those are some of the most difficult things to understand. And you will understand them once you start observing how 
they actually works. And what better way there is than to look at the master's works, right? Like mm. go back to, I don't know, pick a Caravaggio or Michelangelo Leonardo and just go and, and you know, observe how they approached clothings in their paintings. So you understand the folds and the shades and the highlights. And, you know, of course you can't replicate those things. And you, you that's, that's what we, it might get frustrating because of course these are like masters, but the, the point is not to replicate exactly what they did, but is to understand shapes, colors, anatomy. And that's a good way to learn because you're actually learning from amazing artists from the past. So maybe once a week, just take one painting that you love from mm -hmm. an artist that you admire and just, you know, do a master study. That's a really and that could be done in any technique, you know, oil, yeah. paint, uh, paint, or acrylic or watercolor. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, I, I guess yeah, that's a really good point, uh, Francesco, because some people would say, okay, yeah, you just have to copy. And that's how you learn. But to your point, it's it's not really trying to replicate exactly what the artist, the masters did, but it's as you recreate what they did, you are learning how they approach like, you know, like what you said, the folds, it's very difficult to replicate, by the way. But um, yeah, how the, you know, the anatomy, if, if it's body parts, it's learning as you replicate, I guess, is... is... Well, but, you you know, this is a second stage. Remember that this is a second stage. The first stage yeah. is always shapes, learning to observe and to understand shapes and to see them in anything that you're observing and you want to paint or draw. But when you look at the master uh, a painting, an old painting, you will immediately start seeing all these shapes. It's a, it's good, it's gonna it's gonna get to the point where it's just natural for anyone to observe anything and see shapes immediately because you're train you're training yourself to do that. Mm. That's the most important thing when you start thinking about art. You know, you look at uh, Leonardo's painting and you're like, okay, so look at that. They had. I see exactly what what his is done, and I know that I know that it's a sphere. Mm -hmm. I know that then I after I after you know studying with a sphere, I need to add certain other um, geometrical elements to make it more like a skull. Yeah, and you mean and the and the torso is the box basically. So you begin with the idea of a box, uh, or some people call it a box. Some people use the uh, bean idea. Mm -hmm. So like the bean is like. Yeah the shape of your torso but you when you learned all of these things you immediately see them in anything that you're observing including a you know any painting from the past or um any painting that you're observing so all these things come to you immediately and so it's easier to put it down on paper because you're um analyzing what you're seeing you're understanding the comp you know not only the composition but actually the the structure of of the subject and, and all its geometrical mm -hmm. uh, uh, shapes and then you put it down on paper and then you start adding the details so always begin with the basics that's i think that's the best advice that i can give you've given us a lot Francesco, but I think that one in particular is something that 
anyone who's starting out with art should really keep in mind because that's really the starting point. You observe and then you see them as shapes and then you move to the next one. Um, Francesco, I, like what I said, I learned a lot. I felt like I did a crash course about art and it, it shows when you talk about dedicating the time and passion to pursue art, it is clearly evident with how you shared your journey with us. I love that you talk about art. It's like an adventure. Your journey as an artist is an adventure. It, you know, creating this world and doing storytelling, it's evident in every piece of art that you create. So share with us what are what what do you have in your pipeline? I know you're doing some works, you said, and you also have a dedicated sketch, sketchbook for like anatomy. Um, what 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 else? Um, I know that you have a class um, on a different platform. We can see you on social socials on Instagram. You have your website, uh, thewefolktreasures.com. So we'll add that in, in the description yeah. as well. And you can find uh, Francesco on Instagram as well as Francesco at underscore Simone underscore Sabi. Is, is that right? Okay. So yep, that's correct. Yeah. Let us know, share with us what is, where, what else do we need to watch out for? Um, there's an organization that is uh, called the Token or the Token Society. Oh. Um, so I've been collaborating with them and it's pretty amazing because <clears throat> I pre presented some of my work and, and they're using it for some of their publications, um, which is cool. Uh, it's, wow. it's, um, it's it's a it's a nonprofit uh, charity that is dedicated to um, the work of Tolkien. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, it's I think I think Tolkien himself was um, involved at some point. I mean, or not not involved with the the work of the society, but as a uh, maybe he was made. Uh, I think he was made like. Uh, honorary member or something so in that way he he knew about it he participated to it yeah um so that's a big that's that's a very exciting thing for me um uh, being recognized in, in that way by the society token society that's cool uh you know i do different things um i, I have a couple of big projects that i'm working on so there's never enough time. That's the problem, actually. <laughs> do you do this full time? By the way, I forgot to ask. Uh, not yet. Not yet. Okay. No, I mean I work with photography also. Oh. Okay. So um, that's a big chunk of my day is dedicated to that. Okay. But it, you know, I the the thing is that I for. I basically quit art for about 10 years. For about 10 years, I didn't time. touch any. <laughs> for about 10 years, I didn't touch any pay, any brush or pencil or nothing. I did nothing. Um, so when I went back, I kind of had to relearn everything. It, it was really quick to pick it up. Yeah. Uh, but um, it's interesting because it's something, you know, I, I realized how important it is to pra constantly practice um, because when I started again, um, that was like about 15 years ago, um, you know, it there was a moment when I was like, oh my God, I forgot everything. I don't know how to do anything anymore. Um, it came back pretty quickly, but um, just the importance of practicing every day it's like with music you know you just have to keep doing it 
if you're learning music, it's, it's you should dedicate time every day. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it just becomes, you know, um, difficult and frustrating, and it's not a, pl- a pleasure anymore. You know, it becomes like just a source of anxiety. Mm-hmm. I agree, I agree. But glad that you decided to do art again, to make art again after not doing it for 10 years that's a really long time but i guess when you are really passionate about something you can absolutely pick it up that easily as if it never not, left. absolutely you can start there's no you know good time to start i mean I, I guess kids are of course when you're a kid you're just a sponge and you absorb yeah. a lot of information much uh, very quickly and easily but doesn't matter you know you can be you can start doing art later in your life it doesn't really matter it's the same process for everybody in the end i agree very well said francesca it's been a pleasure having you on make more art uh i know our listeners would pick up on a lot of things that you shared if you are interested to see more of his work you can check out his instagram again that's francesco underscore simoni underscore savi and um his website, we're going to include that as well on the description box. That's wefolktreasures.com. Right. Correct. And uh, do check out his amazing works on the gram and on his website. Again, thank you so much, Francesco, for being on Make. Thank Mom. you for having me. It was a pleasure. And I'm so sorry for all the technical. Okay. That is okay. All right. Take care. <laughs> thank you so Bye. much. Thank you. Bye. Have you spoken with someone and wished that the conversation won't end? Well, that's how I felt during my interview with Francesco. He has so much to share about art, his adventures, and lessons he learned over the years. So, a challenge for you this week. Grab your sketchbook and focus on a subject. Observe. Draw it over and over. And share with us your progress through the comments associated with this podcast at etrolab.com slash Francesco.